For sports content from the biggest leagues and competitions across the world, look no further than Reuters Connect, Reuters online news content platform. Reuters Connect makes finding the sports content you need easy, whether it's in-depth reporting from Reuters journalists or access to video highlights from around the world. Bring the world of sport directly to your workplace with Reuters Connect. For more information and a free trial, visit ReutersConnect.com. Welcome to Keeping Score. I'm Ricardo. Each week, we bring you insights from the playmakers, dealmakers, and rule makers in the world of sports. I'll give you my take on some of the items of the week using my 30 years of experience doing deals for teams, leagues, and players. Plus, we'll talk with a central figure in the sports world. The views expressed in this podcast are my own and do not represent the views of Reuters. Let's get started. Sports professor Rick Haro. $1.3 trillion business of sports, and we are keeping score with a special 2420, our top sports business tech philanthropy issues, looking back at 2020. It was a grim year for sports, just as it was for everything else. Sports Business Journal recently summed up the sad story. 20,636 games and events lost, 198.19 million in attendance lost, $11.05 billion in total game revenue lost from all sporting events canceled this year. But 2020 also provided acts of courage, inspiration, and hope. Here are 20 significant happenings that caught our attention. Number 20. In the end, two-dimensional fans saved the day. And while Korean baseball franchises largely favor giant stuffed animals in their stands in the absence of flesh-and-blood fans, American sports teams seized upon cardboard cutouts as a way to fill empty televised spaces, direct a little cash toward their foundations, and keep actual fans at home engaged. Ultimately, the cutouts were an apt metaphor for sports in 2020. While creative and mildly amusing, no substitute for the real thing. 19. The XFL took a dive but couldn't avoid the sack. On April 10, they seized operations, laid off staff, and filed for bankruptcy three days later. The Rock Johnson and his longtime business partner, Danny Garcia, bought them on August 2, led a consortium, $15 million, hours before the auction could take place. And October 1, the league announced it would return to the field in 2022. Number 18, Kansas City Chiefs and quarterback Pat Mahomes established themselves as a dynastic heir to the New England Patriots and Tom Brady. Indeed, Mahomes, after inking a 10-year $503 million contract extension last summer, and his Chiefs are barreling toward a consecutive Super Bowl berth. That's 18. 17. On television, The Last Dance took advantage of everyone being stuck at home to set a new bar for sports documentaries. It averaged more than 5.6 million viewers per episode during its five-week run and pulled in nearly 13 million viewers an episode from on-demand viewing. NFL games, being the gold standard of sports, were the only televised sporting events in the fall to consistently produce decent TV ratings, albeit lower ones than the league's normal lofty standards. 16. In a year in which American sports wagering continued to grow despite most sports pressing pause, Caesars Entertainment bought British bookmaker William Hill for $3.7 billion. From William Hill's perspective, deal with Caesars was all but inevitable, and the timing was good. In November, the legal U.S. sports betting monthly handle eclipsed $3 billion for the first time. Even the NFL relented earlier in the year and allowed its teams to sign sports books as sponsors. Fifteen, 
Sports SPACs became a big money thing, sometimes inspired by superheroes. As December wound down, Sportico reported that a special purpose acquisition company called SPAC, inspired by Marvel's Avengers, caused 890 Fifth Avenue Partners raising $250 million to invest in an area specific to the expertise of its management team, which includes veterans in media technology and telecommunications, specifically mentioned sports media, sports betting, esports, and fitness platforms as potential targets. And not long before the Marvel-themed SPAC was announced, Boston Celtics, San Francisco 49ers, their owners jointly launched a new SPAC to hunt for the next Fitbit or Peloton. 14. Throughout the pandemic, eSports showed its resiliency as an entertainment media. The eSports Observer noted the industry kept humming during a time when traditional sports were canceling games, movie theaters were closing, live events were being shut down, and restaurants and bars ordered to close. Sports entities now have some of the data they need in order to determine whether eSports is a sustainable scene or a long-time filler fad. We'll see. 13. Golf's pandemic resurgence outstripped its growth during the Tiger Woods' heyday. Well, at last, there were 12 million more rounds in September in the U.S. compared to a year ago, a 26% jump. And in August, consumers spent a record $331 million on clubs, balls, and other gear, up 32% over the year-ago period. For the first 10 months of 2020, golf equipment sales were up nearly 30% compared to the same period last year. According to market research from NPD Group, training tools such as hitting screens, swing aids, and putting mats are up 75% as enthusiasts, many more now working from home, practice their technique. For me, no avail, but that's not news. It's number 13. Number 12, Sarah Fuller kicked another big crack in the glass ceiling and grass ceiling as the first woman to ever play and score in a Power 5 football game. November 28, the Vanderbilt soccer player turned football kicker Sarah Fuller became the first woman to ever play in a Power 5 conference football game when she kicked off. Vandy lost 42-17 to Tennessee, but that's not the point. I just want to tell you that girls out there, you can do anything you set your mind to. You really can. If you have the mentality all the way through, you can do big things, Fuller said after her football debut. Number 11. Naomi Osaka solidified her place as the rightful heir to Billie Jean King on and off the tennis court. Two U.S. Open championships on her racket. Naomi Osaka was already being hailed as the future of the WTA and a next-gen marketing magnate. But her social activism in recent months took her beyond the court and into the national dialogue. MasterCard Senior VP of Global Sponsorship Michael Robichaud said the company, an Osaka partner, created a digital video with Osaka and Billie Jean King as a forum for the two champions to authentically speak from the heart about the challenges of breaking barriers and pushing for social change. That's 11. Well, before we go to the top 10, I want to give you some perspective on the industry with an 81-year-old icon that gives perspective galore, Dick Vitale. He was officially hired in 1988 by ABC Sports, but he called ESPN's first basketball game in December of 79, Wisconsin versus DePaul. He was a coach before that, but nobody remembers. 79 and 29 at the University of Detroit, 94 and 34 with the Pistons. I guess not good enough. After he left there, Scotty Connell gave him a break and put him in the broadcast booth, and the rest is history. 
On September 5, 2008, he was inducted in the Basketball Hall of Fame, and he says, as important, the Italian-American Sports Hall of Fame. But his point is global perspective, incredible philanthropy, and I'm lucky enough to call him a friend. Here's Dick Vitale. You're known for being the face of and the soul of college basketball, but you're so much more. I mean, the philanthropic aspect of this as well, and it started early. How did having blue-collar parents um, impact your kind of life growing up? Well, I'm glad you mentioned that. My parents, mom and dad, were so unique and special. Uh, had a doctorate of love. Uh, they certainly weren't educated formally, but they really were just great people all about the family. And it taught my brother, sister, and I in this great country, if you have a passion and a sense of pride about what you do, good things can happen. And I learned two things they used to say often. Never ever believe in can't, number one. And number two, I would hear it maybe 15 times a day at my dinner table. Richie, it was never Dick. Richie, be good to people and people are gonna be good to you. People have been great to me. I'm in 14 Hall of Fames. I can't run, I can't jump, I can't shoot. Look at his body, it's by Rigatoni. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and all my life though, I've tried to have passion with whatever I've done. But the 14 Hall of Fames are Hall of Fames of X's and O's and life. And so, Richie, let me ask you this. You've coached at a lot of different levels, so the junior high, the high school, obviously college, the Pistons for a little while. Similarities, differences between all of that, I know it's a broad question, but, but what, what's kind of the biggest similarity and biggest difference? Well, the biggest similarity is people chasing dreams on every level. I don't care what level they're at, they're all looking to go to the next level. They all want to make sure that they're chasing the dream. If you're a pro player, you want to be the best possible pro player. I think people that have goals in life, I think it's important to have a goal. Not only have the goal, you know, I tell young kids out there, have a goal, but it's the commitment to make the goal a reality. First question I would ask a player, he said, my goal is to do such and such. And I'd say, what is your plan to make that happen? Anybody can write a goal now, but what is the plan? What is the work ethic, the sense of pride that's going to get you to that where you want to go? Not cynical, but just as a question, the NBA average salary now is about six or seven million dollars, maybe more. Wow. Do those kids or guys buy into what you're selling? Well, I hope they do. I think many of them do. I think a lot of guys, you know, the dollars change, the lifestyle in terms of all the, the things in life, uh, in terms of the house they drive, cars they drive. But down deep, if you've got good character and you've got a good foundation, it shouldn't change. I mean, obviously it's going to change some people, but it shouldn't change the person you are. Unfortunately, we see some of them with the entourages and all that, and that really frustrates me at times because some of them forget where they come from. Talk about the V Foundation for a minute. How do you get involved? It's amazing what you've done, and how would your good friend Jimmy V react if he saw what you're doing with him today? Well, I think Jimmy V would be on cloud nine if he knew, for example, our board of directors out there and all the people involved have raised over $200 million right. for research. My specific area is an area where I'm concerned about is kids battling cancer. I have a gala every year, Rick. Our gala sells out. We bring in about 50 celebs at the gala, and we've raised so far 25.3 million. And I'll tell you what really people out there want to help me. I have a new book out, and every sale of every book, every, not 60 cents, not 80 cents, every dollar I would make is going toward my goal this year is to raise $4 million to increase that. I want to get the 30 million. We need four point, I believe, 3 million to get there. And from my book, every book that is sold, it will go there. You can get the book if you want an autographed copy. Personally autographed, just go to dickvitaleonline.com. 
DickVitaleOnline.com, and you'll get a personal autograph book. You have an unparalleled ability to attract um, uh, magic, excitement, luster. Uh, the whole business of philanthropy today is a lot different. A lot of corporate CEOs used to be doing it because uh, they thought there'd be a return, now it's more of the right thing to do. How have you seen the business change? Is it easier now or harder for you to raise money than it, than it used to be? It's not easy at all. Yeah. It's, it's, you know what really saddens me in a way is you reach out to the same basic people yeah. all the time who understand what you're trying to achieve, but it's not easy. I know business people out there got their commitments to a variety of things they're involved in, but boy, I wish, you know what really blows my mind is this. If a football elite program called a meeting that they said, you know what, we're Notre Dame, Michigan, Ohio State, whatever, Clemson, Oklahoma, we need new facilities. We yeah. need new right. locker rooms in no time. Oh, wait, what would that cost? Oh, 60, 70 million. They get it in no time. I'm trying to get 4 million and I'm begging 24-7 to try and get it for kids battling cancer. I need help. People, please help me. You can make a donation at DickVitalOnline.com and you can be a member of my team in getting that $4 million. Have you had a lot of help from college programs at all levels to help you reach your goal? Yeah, we have people out there, obviously, that do help us. The coaches usually are very generous. Uh, yeah. Over the years, uh, many of the coaches have helped us. Your 100 scholarship that, to the Boys and Girls Club of Sarasota, that's that's not the top publicity you always get, but it's really important to you and Lorraine. Talk about that. Well, I'll tell you one thing. You've done your research. I you came up. So far, over 20 years, Lorraine and I have tried to help kids at the Boys and Girls Clubs because I really feel they do a great job in giving kids an opportunity to chase their dreams. And something else very dear to my heart is we have scholarships in our name, the Dick Vitale Family Scholarship Award, and they never came to me, Rick, and, and pursued anything. I went to them, the University of Notre Dame, and our scholarships go, for example, every year they take the endowment dollars we gave them, they take the interest off that, and they distribute it to about seven, eight kids per year, and we only have one rule. The kid has to participate in an activity that doesn't get financial aid. Like, for example, cheerleading, the band, those kind of kids can apply. And it's great when they see the letters I get back from some of these kids. And I'm sure you leverage the opportunities for others to give to cheerleading, the band, and otherwise, because you recognize that as a, as a valid uh, occupation, walk in life that's worthy of your support. Well, we try to, no question about it. All right, so athletes as role models generally, let's talk about that for a minute. Uh, you know, the, the Charles Barkley quote, taken out of context, by the way, but it's athletes aren't role models, I don't have to be a role model. What's your thought about all that? Well, you know, I think to a certain degree, I know what Charles was trying to say, it starts yeah. at home. Right. It starts with mom and dad, or grandparent, whomever. They set the stage because that athlete's not there every day with them. But let's face reality, there are a lot of kids out there who do emulate and do follow athletes. And I think, unfortunately, we see some that don't realize that and don't act the way they should. We need more Derek Jeters in the world. We need more David Robinsons in the world. We need more Grant Hills in the world. People that get it, man, they get it. They carry themselves in a very positive way. And I think that's what we need. And I think we have a lot of them that nobody even talks about. They're really good, good people. Give us examples, or, or what's your thought about how, what the power of sports really is, how, how, it, how it's used to motivate people to do things that they otherwise might not want to do. Well, you know, there's a lot of young kids out there. It's through sports, gives them that opportunity to go on and chase their dreams and their goals. And without it, it's not going to happen. A lot of them really, they live. I, I tell kids all the time, read, read. 
Knowledge gives you power. We've heard that so often. I think Arthur Ashe used to say that really well. Yeah. The more reading one does, you know, find something you love and read about it. There's books out there. Teachers, I tell them constantly, and I know many of them do, emphasize to children the importance of reading. Whether it be a magazine, a book, it's a sports hero. Read about them, learn about them, and it gives you vocabulary. It gives you a chance, helps your communication skills. So would a young Dick Vitale, who grew up in East Rutherford in the 1960s, would he have ever imagined doing what, what, what you're doing today? You know what? I've been stealing money. I got inducted the other day in the Sports Broadcasting Hall of Fame. And to be there, I was in awe of the people I was inducted with. Bob Costas, Jim Nance, Mary Carrillo. They're real broadcasters. Rick, I've always felt I was a jock. I was in the gym. I got the Ziggy, got fired, yeah. didn't know where to go. Here comes this network, offers me a job. I did the very first game. I'll go to my grave. I did the very first game in the history of ESPN. And when the guy called me, there was Scotty Connell. He said, we'd like you to do a first game. I said, what network? He said, ESPN. And you said, what's that? I know. I said, ESPN <laughs> sounds like a disease. Said, well, what is ESPN? And it's become a disease for the sports fanatic. But yeah, 40 yeah. years later, I mean, just having a ball. I'll go to a game of Carolina and Gonzaga, Duke and Texas Tech, yeah. and to be there with the kids, I get goosebumps and when they start chatting my name. And yeah. I have just so much fun. Stealing money. How did you, oh, stealing money. We got to remember that. We got to record that to send it back to his employers yeah. for the send next round of contract negotiations. <laughs> I'm sure you're pretty well taken care of. They gave me a lifetime contract. <laughs> you're relevant. I got a lifetime Don't worry about okay. it. I got a lifetime contract, ladies and gentlemen. Don't worry about anything you just said. When did you first realize that you were iconic, and I, I only mean it in the broad sense of the word. You walk in, you know, you do in basketball in many ways what Lee Corso does in football, obviously, but it doesn't just happen. You don't walk in and say, I'm, I'm going to be iconic. I'm going to be a caricature of myself. How did it evolve? Well, you know, I, first of all, I wanted to get back coaching in college. When I first started at ESPN, that was my dream. I felt my passion belonged in college. And my boss, Scotty Connell, kept saying to me, Dick, don't do it you got a chance to make a great living doing what you're doing because you have something that a lot of announcers don't have. And I didn't know what he meant. He said, you connect. And I went on my first assignment for ESPN to a Final Four. It was 1983, the year Jimmy Valvano cut the nets down yeah. and won the national championship. When I went there, people coming up for autographs or pictures. And I was like shocked. And my boss told me, see, bottom line is, I told you, you connect. You, they might not agree with what you're saying, but the bottom line is, do you hear what Dickie V said? You hear what Dick Vitale said? They'll go to the water cooler. So I, it's been a great run, man. I think I'm ready for this. I got it right now. I think it's 12 books I've written. As one writer wrote one time, he says, only in America can Dickie V write. At that time, I had six books. He said, write six books. That's six mornings I've ever read. And, I tell you what, and he <laughs> well wasn't lying. Well but I'll tell you this. Uh, I look back now, I've been in movies, blue chips, he's got game, jury duty, cameo roles. I pinch myself every day because I've never worked. My mom and yeah. dad worked. They worked in a factory pressing coats. Uh, my mother sold coats until she had a stroke. Then my dad walked the mall at night as security guard. That's work. What I do, that's why I get so upset sometimes. We hear pro players moaning and about travel. Give me a break. They go charter planes all over. Yeah. They live first class, beautiful hotels, beautiful accommodations, and they talk about all this pressure. Bottom line is, and they get like, what job do you get four months, five months vacation on top of it? So I mean, 
Don't complain, man. That's why I like LeBron James. LeBron James gets it. He gives back. He cares about young people. And he's never, ever, you ever see his name in a paper being in trouble? I don't think so. We're going to package that, and we're going to send it as an instructional video to every NBA player on the planet, ladies and gentlemen, because they need to do it. You know, when you go to corporate presentations and you speak all over the country, CEOs would appreciate your message, and they do, but the other piece that I find interesting is is you have this uh, unusual ability to connect to people 60 years younger than you. Is there a message you can take away in this new millennial age to corporate people? My wife gets such a kick out of that. She says to me, little kids running up for autographs and pictures. and I don't know what it is. I I just think that if you're honest with people, I've always tried to be honest. I love doing corporate events. I I love going there and trying to inspire and motivate, talk about things that I think are important in life, having a sense of passion, sense of pride. I often break pride down for perseverance, respect, intelligence, desire, and enthusiasm. And you give me a person that has those qualities, they're going to be successful in the biggest game of all that we all play, the game of life. The only man with a lifetime contract with a job that he says he doesn't need any money to pay for or to do. Uh, no, I like honor. the cash they said. Yeah, you like the cash. What an honor. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you very Tech much. Now. Appreciate it. Eye-opening perspective on a tremendous person in the industry, Dick Vitale. Let's return to the top 10 of the 20 for 20, a look back. Number 10. Kim Ng became the first woman to be a general manager in the history of any North American men's pro sports league. The Marlins hired her in November to be the team's next general manager, and according to Miami Herald, is the highest ranking woman in baseball operations among MLB's 30 teams. In her first official press conference, she said her patience and perseverance were the keys to her not giving up on her dream of becoming a GM after several opportunities passed her by. Number 10. Number 9. The Washington Redskins, excuse me, the football team, the Cleveland Indians, and others took major steps forward in correcting decade-old slurs against Native Americans. On July 13, the pressure from stadium naming rights sponsor FedEx and top sponsors Nike and Pepsi pushed for the team to announce it would abandon its nickname after 87 years and after owner Daniel Snyder said he would never, capital letters, change it. Cleveland's MLB franchise formally announced it would likewise drop the Indians team logo and name on December 14, after promising earlier in the year to eliminate its caricature Chief Wahoo mascot, and the Florida State Seminoles and Atlanta Braves both promised to reconsider the tomahawk chop, another milestone for Native Americans long insulted by the gesture. That's number nine. Number eight, the bubble the biggest blueprint. National Women's Soccer League and MLS restarted their season. The NBA's $175 million midsummer bubble in Orlando broadened the lexicon, provided a successful model for other sports and civilians to do indoor activities safely and recouped $1.5 billion in NBA revenues that would have otherwise been lost. NBA followed by WNBA Wubble at the IMG Academy in Bradenton, the dual NHL Stanley Cup bubbles in Edmonton and Toronto, generating millions in television revenue that otherwise would have been lost. That's number eight. Number seven, sports facilities put into use as polling sites in pandemic aid. Over 298,000 voters cast their ballots at the 60 college and pro sports venues used as voting locations across the U.S. this year. 
In addition to serving as a safe place to vote, the stadiums from FedEx Field in Maryland to Dodger Stadium in L.A. also served as a drive-through COVID-19 series of testing sites, helping worried citizens determine if they were at risk at no cost, while arenas coast-to-coast stood in as supply depots and field hospitals. That's number seven. Number six, brand-new Globe Life Field in Arlington, Texas, saved the World Series and got the baseball world thinking about whether a neutral site World Series might make sense in the long term, especially from a mega-event planning and revenue perspective. The teams that did their best to maximize World Series revenue, the series built to a tense six games, even though the stadium was only a 25% capacity. Great deal for baseball. Number five, in a Halloween weekend treat for beleaguered baseball fans, Steve Cohen purchased the New York Mets at $2.4 billion and gave New York fans hope for new ownership. Cohen also simultaneously made a tax-deductible donation of $17.5 million to the New York City Economic Development Corporation to support city-run grant programs that will help small business hurt during the coronavirus. He also said the Mets would establish a relief fund of about $2.5 million that would contribute up to $500 per month for each 1,000 seasonal stadium workers from November 1 to opening day 2021. Number four, the Los Angeles becomes title town USA in Texas and Florida. The Dodgers win their first title in 32 years in Arlington. The Lakers win their first championship in a decade in Orlando. And yet clouded over by the death of Kobe Bryant and the smoke from wildfires, unable to cheer, they got it. Bill Platchke said 16 days, two championships. Los Angeles won two major pro sports championships in a span of 16 days. And think about it. Some of us spend that long standing in line at the DMV. Number three, we didn't really grasp the enormity of Kobe Bryant's legacy until he died way too young. On January 26, the helicopter crash that killed the 41-year-old former Laker and his 13-year-old Gianna uh, daughter and seven others in L.A. uh, left the whole world in mourning. He was America's superstar even if you weren't a Lakers fan. Over 20,000 mourners filled Staples Center for his memorial. That's number three. Number two, NIL, name, image, likeness legislation. It looks like it's just around the corner. On April 17, the National Collegiate Athletic Association Board of Governors issued a final report and recommendations concerning potential future changes in bylaws surrounding this. And at year end, the NCAA Yet to release practical NIL guidelines, but to be sure, they're coming. And finally, number one. Led by LeBron James and other NBA players and joined by others from every sport, including Bubba Wallace and NASCAR, which also banned the Confederate flag from its racetracks, athletes took their places at the forefront of Black Lives Matter movement, affecting lasting social change. When George Floyd got murdered, it woke all of America up, it woke the world up, You see protests all over the world. So for all athletes, you just can't ignore it anymore. That's for athletes, executives, and others. And that is clearly number one. Heck of a 2020. Next week, we look ahead to the 21 biggest issues in 2021. I'm the sports professor, Rick Harrell. Happy New Year. Action Images is the global multimedia sports agency of Reuters. 
Leagues, teams and federations around the world rely on Action Images to create, distribute and monetize their content. Action Images' global footprint means sports media expertise is never far away. For more information, visit Action Images.